0: Hi listeners, uh, we just want to issue a small trigger warning for today's episode. We are going to talk about unhealthy and unsafe relationships today. And whilst we don't share any details of hard or disturbing situations, we do talk about abusive relationships and things that we can be looking for and that our kids should be looking for. And so if you have been in an abusive relationship or close to one, um, it could cause some, some big feelings. And so we just wanted to let you know that that's coming and um, hopefully you're comfortable listening. And if not, this would be the right time to turn off the show. Thanks so much.
1: Things like aggression toward objects. So if a person throws something, that's still violence even if it's not assault on your personhood, on your body. So I really taught my kids if you see somebody punch a wall or they bang their fist on the table or they, you know, upend something, that is still violent and aggressive behavior. So even if it's not to your physical self, watch for those things. And again, it can be words too. It can be shouting. It can be name calling. But physical assault, we think, oh, that's that's the benchmark. It's really not. You want to get away much sooner and disentangle yourself from something unsafe much before there's a bruise to show for it. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join
1: us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults.
0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Adults Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are new to our show, welcome. We're so happy that you're here. We absolutely love our listeners and our future-focused parenting community, and I'm just really glad that we get to share 30 minutes of your day with you. So thanks for being with us. Um, I am here in the laundry room. Dina, you
1: are there in the coat closet. How are I you today? Am. I'm well, thank you. I'm very refreshed since I had a vacation recently, and I think that goes a long way to giving extra energy into the podcast today. So I'm doing great here in the closet.
0: Good. I'm glad. Yes, we all need time to recharge and um, and reflect. Yes. <laughs> right? I love it. Excellent. Well, we hope that you listeners are doing well and that everything is hunky dory on your end. Uh, we have kind of a heavy topic today, but we also are going to like meet that with an ad free episode. So the good news is we don't have any ads today. So you get to just take the heavy episode without a break. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Um but yeah this is kind of it's really important and and we really hope that even if you have little's that you are still listening to this episode because i mean anybody who's listened to our show for any length of time knows that we really believe what comes later down the line is prepared for in those early years. So It's never too late, but if you have those littles, being able to think about these topics early on, being able to lay some of the groundwork to help your kids think critically as they come into some of these bigger topics um, is really key. That is being future-focused. So even though it's a tough one today and also uh, one that technically applies to older kids, those of you with littles, definitely it's worth listening to. So make sure you're you're joining us today. So thanks for being with us. Dina, Dina Thayer, you want to share your why? on this topic?
1: Yeah, I do. And I, I'm glad we're doing this. And I agree with what you said. I actually think just like we talk about with rehearsing and modeling, this is one of those that you can kind of start even teaching your kids what to look for, for an unsafe relationship while they're younger, based on how that person makes you feel based on ways that they've acted toward you, ways that they've spoken toward you. So kind of, I think, failing to do that early on could set you up for more trouble. So this is really important. And the other thing that's great is if you listen to last week's episode on peer pressure, this really dovetails nicely because- peer pressure is what, how do we handle that when maybe we're feeling pressure by our friend group to do something that maybe we know is wrong or that makes us uncomfortable. And then today we're kind of taking that to, well, what, what happens when maybe that's a more one-on-one relationship, or maybe it's intimate, or maybe it is a friend relationship, but that's maybe turned more toward bullying and it's not safe anymore. It's not safe and healthy. So I think that is really important and I'm glad we're talking about it. And my why is that unfortunately I have personal experience with an abusive relationship. And and I, I've worked, hopefully tirelessly, to teach my kids what to look for. But it's not foolproof. And they've had their little brushes with with things that, that weren't safe and weren't healthy. But my why does come from that. I've lived it. And I didn't know what to look for. And here's what I will say at the top, listeners, relationships that become unsafe or go all the way into being abusive, it is a very slippery slope. It's like the frog being boiled. So what can seem like, oh, just an unkind comment here or a rough tone there can quickly cascade to where all of a sudden you're like, wow, what what have I gotten myself into? So being able to spot these things at the outset is really important. And that's what drives me is I've been there.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I'm really glad that you're able to you know, bring what you're going to bring to the conversation today. Because it is important. It's exceedingly important. And I think far too many people end up in abusive and unhealthy relationships and and being able to talk with our kids about, you know, what what should we be expecting from our relationships? And I, I love that you talked about the link to last week because you're right. Like the, these two things go hand in hand. We're kind of talking about relationships. Our Friendship relationships, our romantic relationships, even you know, working relationships can sometimes be abusive as well or unhealthy. I mean, certainly that. So we have to look at what are we teaching our kids to expect from their relationships? What are we teaching them to look for as signs that maybe we need to piece out of a relationship? And how do we teach them to kind of hold on to who they are in their relationships? So these two episodes are very, very tightly linked. So I'm looking forward to talking about this aspect of it today. My why is pretty simple. Um, Again, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that my overarching why is mentally healthy and happy people. And I really think that if you're in unhealthy relationships, that does not contribute well to you being mentally healthy and happy. I assume you would agree with that, Dina? I I definitely would. (laughs) It's not a contributing factor to emotional wellness. (laughs) No. And I really, you know, assertiveness is so important to me. You know, all of these pieces of a puzzle that I hope to raise adults who are able to set good boundaries, stand up for themselves. And I think the piece we're talking about today is recognize, be able to recognize when they're in a situation that's not healthy, and then have the strength, the conviction, the ability to step away. And how do I, how do I recognize it? And how do I then go? "Mm -mm, No, thank you. And, and walk away and hold on to yourself as you do that. Because I think you you can find lots of examples of, you know, assertive people who end up in abusive relationships or, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like you can say, oh, that only happens to this one group of people. That's not true. So I think the combo pack of how do I spot it and then what do I do? Once I've spotted it, that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for with my my kiddos, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about both today, so that's perfect. You got to know what you're looking for, and then what to do if you see it.
0: Yeah. So I, I really, you know, I've I've been very fortunate. I have not been in an abusive relationship, um, so I really would love for you to kind of take the lead today and and share with listeners what you would want them to know as they raise their people. Um, as we joked, I will listen and maybe drop some knowledge, and (laughs) maybe take us on a rabbit trail of the day. Who knows?
1: Who knows? (laughs) Adventure awaits. (laughs) Adventure
0: (laughs) awaits us. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my gosh. Um, But I'd love for you to just kind of take the reins.
1: Okay. Well, I do want to share kind of five things parents can be looking for. Not surprisingly, this morning I created an acronym. (laughs) Spells abuse because these are what (laughs) you could watch for and i love you I, so much we can just it's count great. on me for word nerd <laughs> but i action. love that so much like <laughs> maybe it will bring things. a little lightness <laughs> to a difficult topic <laughs> it will it will okay i'm ready and kira i know you are such a fan of normalizing so i think one of the first things we need to say as parents if you do come across this please don't fret it, it, you will fret i mean it's it's hard to see especially if you spot it in one of your child's relationships but they are not alone and they need that reminder that they're not alone and that you're there for them. And we're seeing even, I think the most recent stat is one in three adolescents in the U S as a survivor of some sort of abuse, Mm. um, of a dating partner. And so reminding them they're not alone this is unfortunately prevalent. That really normalizes it. And I think it sets an environment where they might come to you. But here are the things you'll want to keep an eye out for and gently and as age appropriate, train your children to keep an eye out for. So I'm just going to walk through them and give a few examples of each so that we can still be timely today. So the A stands for aggression. I would say aggression is the most obvious sign of something that's unsafe or a bully or a intimate partner that's not safe with you, if they are assaulting you, if they're being violent with their words or their actions, of course, you want to get away. A really important thing I learned when I was in domestic violence support groups is that violence doesn't always mean assault. And Mm -hmm. it was really interesting to learn that. I think it's easy societally, we want to say, well, but they've never hit me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and to realize that often what becomes that starts with things that are much smaller and more insidious. So what we were kind of taught to say is like, they haven't hit me yet. And Mm. to see those other things as still aggression or violence. So be aware of those. But again, they are the most obvious. If you're seeing bruises, if you're hearing, you know, through the cell phone, you're hearing your child get yelled at or things like that, obviously that's not okay. So we watch for that aggression. Wait, wait.
0: Can you can you elaborate a little bit on of that? Of course. Because like, I, I think that's really important what you just said, right? That we th- we think of aggression or abuse as the hitting, right? So what are those smaller things? You gave a couple little examples. Mm-hmm. So like hearing them being yelled at down the phone or if they have bruises, are there other things like that that we'd be looking for?
1: Yeah. So things like aggression toward objects. So if a person throws something, that's still violence even if it's not assault on your personhood, on your body. So I really taught my kids if you see somebody punch a wall or they bang their fist on the table or they, you know, upend something, that is still mm-hmm.
0: violent and aggressive
1: mm-hmm. behavior. So even if it's not to your physical self, watch for those things. And mm-hmm. again, it can be words too. It can be shouting, it can be name calling. But it's it's the i think physical assault we think oh that's that's the benchmark it's really not you mm-hmm. want to get away much sooner and disentangle yourself from something unsafe much before there's a bruise to show for it here's a so, quote of the day yeah, <laughs> it's hard, but yeah, it's true. But you're
0: right. I mean, you're absolutely right. Okay, I'm going to stop interrupting yeah, because I mean, I'm, not, I'm totally not, but go ahead.
1: Well, that's, that's <laughs> okay. But it's really true. Abuse doesn't ever de escalate. Mm-hmm. If a person is abusive, generally it only gets worse. They're not going to suddenly scale back. That's just the facts. Yeah. So the B stands for blame. Please parents, pay attention if you see that your child is in a relationship where they are consistently blamed for any of the falling outs. Even if it's just a disagreement on the playground, this can happen as early as you know grade school with bullies who it's always your fault. Well, you started it. Well, if you weren't like this, I wouldn't explode. So when you see that shift where there's always a blame shift onto the victim of this unsafe relationship, that is not safe. So watching for blame is really important. It's one of those other ones we might not think of, maybe a little less intuitive, but blame is a big one. You, all right, the you in the word abuse, I went with using. And what I mean here is when you are being used or your child is being used as a scapegoat, as an excuse, especially an excuse for the behavior, like I just mentioned, well, if you didn't push my buttons, I wouldn't fill in the blank. Mm
0: -hmm. I wouldn't
1: punch the wall. I wouldn't yell at you. That is along with the blaming, well, this situation is your fault. The using is I'm using you as my scapegoat. You're the reason I, ca- I can't help the way I am. It's, it's because of you. So when you're being used in that way, that is a real trigger to watch for. And as you can tell, because they're so closely linked, it goes closely with blame, but not all bullies or abusive dating partners will out and out blame, that's your fault. They might instead use you even in other situations. Oh, I was late because of my boyfriend. It was my boyfriend's fault that I didn't get here on time. So any way that you're being used to excuse things that aren't okay is not safe.
0: Well, and I would think other forms of using as well, right? Like if you're being used, you know, that becomes clear that your kid's only in this relationship because they drive. And the other, the partner just wants a ride everywhere, And you have a
1: car. Yes.
0: You have a car or using you because they, you know, help do your homework or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Like that using mentality when we think about relationships, all relationships, friendships, this happens.
1: Yes. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that can happen even with finances. If the person has realized Mm -hmm. you tend to lend them money and not ask for it back, it can be sexual and dating relationships. I'm using you that way. So when the relationship becomes not about let's care about each other and it becomes transactional, like, what can I get from you? What have you done for me lately? That's Mm -hmm. a sign. So hundred percent glad you interjected with that. And the S is for shame. And here is where I want to talk about verbal issues in particular, like insults, name calling. that breeds a sense of shame and a person in an unsafe relationship often actually starts to feel pretty rotten about themselves, which is that twist, right? We really, when we step out of it, we can see it clearly. And the person who should be feeling rotten is the person being so unkind. But what often happens is actually the person who's being treated in that way goes to a really deep shame. And if you hear your child expressing that they're not worth much, that you know, why even care about how I look? Nobody likes me anyway. I can't ever get it right. That's another big one where the the person, whether this is a friendship, work relationship, or a dating partner makes you feel like no matter what you do, now there's something else you need to fix. That is really one of those slippery kind of deceptive ones. It's kind of under the surface, but it's like, oh, okay, I need to start, being more servant oriented. So I'm going to ask, you know, how can I help you today? Or what can I do for you? Okay. I've got that down. And now the person says, all right, you know what else I need you to do? That Mm -hmm. kind of thing that Mm -hmm. really breeds shame. And that's tricky. I mean, that is not as easy for a parent to spot, but you can sometimes hear it in the way your child speaks about themselves. So verbal abuse is probably very underreported and Mm -hmm. very under appreciated as a a form of unsafe relationships, but words, that little adage, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me is garbage. Mm -hmm, (laughs) I I often would say to people who once I went through my experience and was able to walk alongside others, I would say to them, you know what, you know how when you get a bruise and it starts out so angry and purple and it eventually kind of goes green and yellow and it fades, it goes away. Words are not like that you will remember mm-hmm. hateful things people say to you way longer than a bruise lasts. And mm-hmm. so we have to pay attention to the way our children are being spoken to by their peers, by people they choose to get involved with, by co-workers, by authority figures. I think it's easy for us to assume, oh, I'm trusting my child to the soccer coach or to the yeah. teacher or to the violin instructor. And let's watch for that. How are they being spoken to? It's just a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that enough, but the word thing, I think that happens so much more than we even know. Oh, yeah. Because I think these stats, you know, about survivors are often more, it's escalated to something physical, physical harm, right? So.
0: Well, and it's, it's very easy with words to dismiss, you know, I didn't mean it that way.
1: You know, or Or they didn't mean it that
0: way. I was joking, blah, blah, blah. And we, I mean, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but we see that in a much broader scope in the world right now as well. We do. So, you know, I think that's really important that Mm -hmm. just because we can find a way to dismiss it doesn't mean it didn't land harmfully on someone, especially if your kid is having that happen over and over and over again. Of course. It's going to erode their self-esteem.
1: Yeah. So the last one here, and and don't worry at the end, I will recap this, but if you're following along, so we're on the letter E and this is where I want to talk about the environment that that relationship has set up for you. because environment matters. And sometimes something just feels wrong before you can ever see that it's wrong. And so there's a lot that goes on with unsafe and abusive relationships that is about the environment that is set up. So it might not be that they've committed physical harm against you or had an outburst or a mood swing or lost their temper, or even putting you down or name calling. It could even be something like they're checking your phone. And with teens, Definitely pay attention if they're talking to you about this or if you can see evidence of it, that they have a relationship where that partner is checking their phone, their email, their social media without permission, just checking up on them. That's control. And mm-hmm. control is really the primary feature of an abusive relationship is exerting control. Other ways that partners might show control, which make an unsafe environment, are isolating someone from their friends their family you're noticing now they're mostly just hanging out with that person they're kind of shunning their normal activities they don't come home for dinner oh no i'm busy i'm with so and so that's really something to watch out for extreme jealousy they're really insecure maybe about you being away from them so again it leads to that now you're always with me you're not going to be with your friends and family that's something to to definitely watch for and i think belittling of emotions is another one where Mm -hmm. you finally do speak up, you know, that really hurt my feelings. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That was nothing. I was just kidding. Or they're really downplaying how you feel about a situation. Don't be Be so sensitive. sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that really leads to kind of that psychological manipulation of gaslighting Mm -hmm. where, and this, this happens, I would say, this is the most universal. This is almost 100% of the time. You could not see any of the other overt things we've discussed. And often a person who's in an unsafe relationship describes this feeling of doubt. I leave an interaction with this person thinking in my head, I know that actually they were in the wrong. I walk away thinking, I'm doubting that. I think maybe Mm -hmm. I did something wrong. Maybe I caused that situation. And that little seed of doubt is manipulation on the part of the bully or the abusive person. And gaslighting is so common with these situations. So if you're hearing anything like that, parents, where they're just, wow, that interaction really didn't make me feel good. But then you hear them rationalizing it away with, oh, you know what, but I probably shouldn't have said mm-hmm, fill in the blank or, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I can see where I went wrong there. They're having that doubt of maybe it was my fault. Pay attention to that and run, don't walk from that relationship or help them take some steps to extricate. So I'm just going to kind before of Wait, before you
0: recap, one yep. thing I would add to the E for the environment is also people who won't respect their boundaries. Absolutely. Because that is a form of control, right? Mm-hmm. So if your child is trying to set up a boundary around what they feel comfortable with, what they feel safe with, yes. that, you know, we, we jump immediately to sex when we think about that. But that is not always the case. Like you hear in abusive relationships of like one partner won't let the other partner sleep,
1: mm-hmm. um, you
0: know, and, and not respecting their boundaries around sleep or self-care or, yep. you know, all these different things. And, and that is another way that you are absolutely, <laughs> you know, not in a safe environment
1: yeah no i th- I think that's so true. So there are so many other and you're right. we do kind of leap to okay, is they are they pressuring someone to maybe engage in sexual activity they're not comfortable with, but there's a lot of other ways to control someone or ignore and disrespect a boundary they've put up or even just their own health needs. Mm-hmm. so I agree so we'll we'll move to. You know, if you do spot these things, how can you help? But let me just kind of review those briefly. So it spells the word abuse, A-B-U-S-E, A, aggression, those more obvious, you know, outbursts, physical assault, or remember violence against things as well is still violence. B, blame is your child being blamed for situations in an unfair way. It's always their fault that this person has an outburst. You is your child being used in some way, using, being used for money, for favors, for car rides, for sex, for a scapegoat, an excuse for negative behavior, any of that, not okay. S, shame, verbal insults, being made to feel bad about themselves, any of that is something to watch for. And then that E really encompasses a lot. The E stands for environment. Is there gaslighting? Is there control? Is there isolation? Is there disrespect of boundaries, belittling of emotions? Those are all things you can keep an eye out for and definitely want to open a dialogue with your child about if you see them.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. That's really important and neatly laid out for those of us that like things neatly laid out. So thank you. That's actually really helpful um, because you can, you can go back to that acronym and kind of go, wait a second. Am I seeing this? Am I seeing this? Am I seeing this? So thank you. I think that's really, really helpful. So then I guess my question is, you know, one of the things at least that I've seen in the work that I do and also with friends who've been in abusive relationships is that very difficult line around wanting to help them extricate themselves, Mm -hmm. but them not always seeing that they're in that situation. And I think as a parent in particular, that is just a really, really narrow, (laughs) you know, narrow little line. So from a parental perspective, what are your thoughts then on how parents do that? Yeah.
1: Well, I think unfortunately the hard truth there is, is we are also only able to work with the information we're given. And often, especially for adolescents, as young as 10, 11, or sometimes in these situations, they feel very caught in those relationships and don't always feel comfortable opening up to the parent. So there's a lot of times where parents don't know, even when they really are trying to watch and be vigilant and be aware of these things, we're somewhat at the mercy of how much they share. And and that's hard. And I wish I didn't have to say that because it's, not maybe the news you were hearing hoping for, but it's it's just true. So some of it is not your fault. Many parents find they just didn't know. And that is while difficult, I want to normalize that for you parents as well. It's very common. If they do make themselves available for a conversation, then you do have this tricky situation that Kira you just described. But if you notice those signs in your child's relationship, here are the three things I would suggest. Number one, I do think you need to point them out. It's uncomfortable, but I think it's essential to say, you know, here, here's what I'm seeing. I I'm, I'm noticing the way this person speaks to you. Or it seems you're spending almost exclusive time with this person and not with your other friends anymore. You've got to point it out and not be afraid to do so. It may not be met with a lot of receptivity, but I do think we need to point it out. So that's first. If you see any of the signs we've just talked about, go ahead and have that conversation with your child and and point it out. Then go to that normalizing I talked about at the top. Remind them they're not alone. Make yourself available. Let them know I'm here for an open conversation if you want to have it, but some of that is going to be up to them. And we can't always just pull the plug, especially as our kids grow older. If they're in the older teen years or even a young adult, you can't just say, I forbid you from seeing that person. It's not going to work. So that leads me to my third step. And that is I would provide them with some resources so that if and when they're ready to get some help, they have a way to do it and have it not be you. Again, Mm -hmm. sorry to say that, but that might be the way it needs to be. So I know I often close out episodes with a quote, but today I'm actually going to close out with just a couple quick resources because I think kids need a lifeline to grab onto once they're ready to grab it. And it might not be you. Sorry. (laughs) So that's what I'd say. Point it out, make yourself available, give them some resources.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, please share the resources before we wrap up. I know everybody would love to have those in their pocket.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm going to give a phone number, but I'm also then going to follow that with texting because I know, especially if you have olders, they might be less inclined to talk and maybe feel a little more comfortable via text. But there is a National Domestic Violence Hotline and the phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE. And I'll give you the numbers as well. So if you're spelling out SAFE, it's 7233. So that number again is one 800 799 safe, 7233. Three. And if you're, if you maybe have an older, or you just think I want to give them both options, or they might be more comfortable texting, any adolescent can text love is L O V E I S to the numbers 22522. And there are trained counselors 24 seven that they can speak with. So they text love is To the number 22522.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. Well, listeners, we hope that was helpful for you as you think about navigating this, whether that's far into the future or whether you have older kids and you're worried about it right now, or if you maybe have a kid who's already in this situation. These are just all really important things to be thinking about and to be talking with your children about. This is kind of what we said at the top of the show. If you have younger kids, have these conversations now. You know, it's okay to start gently talking about what are some signs to look for that this is not a healthy relationship and that does not have to mean romantic these kinds of things happen in friendships too so looking at and that i mean dina you brought up the coach analogy that's a great one too you do hear about this with like authority figures or situations like that Mm -hmm. so it's just really important that as we talk about all these things with our kids in advance, we rehearse, we model, we give them a sense of like, hey, thinking about this and looking at that, looking at that acronym and starting to think about how do I want to talk with my younger kids about these different things to be looking out for. And again, if you're noticing any of these things with your own children in their relationships, helping them start to notice that for themselves is really going to be important. So thank you for being with us today. We are so grateful to have you as our listener. And if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do hit that subscribe button. Then you never miss an episode. And if you have not yet liked our social media pages and followed us there, we are at futurefocused.com parenting you can also find more information at our website futurefocusedparenting.com. and if you have not yet rated or reviewed the show we are incredibly grateful for those they really do help make us relevant they connect us to all sorts of other places where people can find us so if you have not yet written a nice review and given us a five-star rating we would be very very grateful for one of those thank you again for being with us and we will be back with you next week Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in My Laundry Room and partially in Dina's Coat Closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Editing by Alison Preisinger. Thanks for listening.